0: Unto thee be glory given, holy, holy, holy Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Cathedral on this Trinity Sunday. And as many of you know, Trinity Sunday is one of the principal feasts of the Church. The Episcopal Church celebrates seven, and today is Trinity Sunday, Sunday in which we celebrate a specific doctrine of the Church. Recall that the word doctrine, according to the Latin doctrina, means teaching, learning to teach, the teaching of the Trinity, or the The doctrine of the Trinity has and continues to be the teaching of the Church, and it also signals the learning of the Church, a community that gathers to reflect upon, think through, worship, pray in the presence of the Blessed Trinity Obviously there have been some hiccups along the ways as far as the doctrine of the trinity there have been moments when this specific doctrine has divided at times confused at times revealed the capacity of the church to engage in intellectual pursuits even the intellectual pursuit of truth the church not shying away from the need to put forward its teaching in a way that draws from the very best, but also calls into question frameworks and ideas, whether they be metaphysical, theological. The teaching of the church is engaged. Now, I won't venture this morning on giving you details about Sibelianism, Arianism, Modalism, and any other ism, because basically I'm trying to avoid preaching the equivalent of a dissertation literature review for a sermon introduction. There's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful texts to help you and I make our way through the thickets of theological debate around questions about the Trinity, and as I mentioned earlier, I think these instances of debate and engagement are important because they're just not simply logical sparring, but rather points to the seriousness with which the church engages first principles, its witness, and also its pastoral care. When we think of the Blessed Trinity, I think what was first and foremost the heart of the theological heritage we've inherited, is this pastoral concern with making sure that the people of God understand the good life and where the good life is rooted. But this doctrine has suffered from what Walter Casper in one of his books, Writes, has suffered from existential obscurity. That's to say that the church has largely neglected this doctrine as an accretion of the past, an unnecessary part of everyday reality or church life. And at a times, some scholars hold, the doctrine of the Trinity has been used as this sort of esoteric set of principles that only a select few have the power to understand, that the masses are out of luck because they're not as learned and are unable to transcend their earthly and material minds and thoughts. Existential obscurity, the Trinity, is completely disengaged and connected from the life of discipleship. At times, the doctrine of the Trinity has been reduced to a logical puzzle. As I mentioned, a metaphysical quandary and a justification amongst the Presbyterians, for the overuse of a committee structure, the idea of the Trinity as a divine committee. I'm a recovering Presbyterian, so please (laughs) indulge me. To come before this specific piece of our confession, this foundational piece of who we are as the church, it really is to come to the edge of mystery, to peer over Into utter mystery, and to hear back from that mystery the word love, the word community, the word mission, the Trinity. It's a doctrine that points to a reality that predates our human attempts to thematize and somehow conceptualize the ineffable. But it also points to a longing and a desire within us to seek after mystery. Our thirst for that which is beyond our ability to understand and our willingness, at this, that, that mystery that, that is beyond us and at times shows up in the face of the other. Jesus spoke often of this divine love, this divine welcome, in a context marked by oppression, in a context of empire. Jesus spoke of a community, a divine love. And the gospel writers express this as well as a way to put forward a good life within this community, a life rooted in this Trinitarian love, in this Trinitarian community of creator, redeemer, sustainer. And so in many ways, it's not simply something we know the doctrine of the Trinity, but it's also the practice of Trinitarian faith that the church is called to reflect on during this time. And, and, well, it would have been nice to have other texts assigned for this because, I don't know about you, but these texts are mysterious too. we would be nice to have Mark's very, very clear baptism of Jesus where the Father speaks from heaven, the Spirit descends, and Jesus is baptized. But our text this morning are unsettling, are loud. The threshold, the throne room of God, the angels singing, the cacophony, the, 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 the pillars, the foundation, unsettled. And yet, I think that this is important when we reflect on the life, the triune God, because in the middle of all of that sound, You receive an extension of welcome, a removal of the barrier. As Isaiah says, I am undone, woe is me. And the response from this majestic, mysterious power is a welcome, a drawing near, a draw closer, a removal of barriers and boundaries, a cleansing, an embrace as the angel is sent to pull a coal of fire to cleanse the prophet, and to invite him close. This radical welcome that is a big part of who we are as Trinity Cathedral here in the midst of this city. And then the psalm for today. Again, sonorous, singing, thunder, lightning, the darkness, the throne, and yet, and yet... The Lord shall give strength to God's people. The Lord shall give to God's people blessing of peace. It is this movement that draws our hearts toward God, that this radical welcome, this Trinitarian life points to, the practice of removing distance, of making sure no one is left out. Everyone is welcomed in and peace, and blessing come to shape the very fabric of our life together. Brothers and sisters, Paul reminds us are connected together in a way that renders us children of God. Again, this removal of distance, this removal of anything that keeps people out, that cordons off the Trinity, and certainly there have been many and plenty of ideas to cordon off the sacred community that we've all been invited to participate and live in and out of, to be born anew from above to take on the new life, to step into transformation, to become part of the larger drama of a God who so loved the world that God gave, but did not condemn, come into the world to condemn, but to invite everyone. Yes, on this Trinity Sunday, we reflect on a God that refuses to keep anyone out. And a task given to the church to be a community of radical welcome, a community that expresses this love by extending a hand, by providing an embrace, by welcoming the stranger, by recognizing that we too have been invited in, invited in to go out. Whom shall we send? Send me, said the prophet. What is the call of the church in these times? It's to be sent, to respond, here am I, Lord. Transform me so that I may be someone that can transform those situations around me that call for radical welcome, for unconditional love, for grace, and for mercy. Yes, on this Trinity Sunday, we're invited to step closer in order to step out of the doors and extend this radical, loving community of welcome, the creator, redeemer, sustainer, calling us to be a people of witness, a people of grace and love. A people called to live out, a Trinitarian life of community, bearers of peace and grace, bearers of truth and love, a community reconciled to the God who refuses to keep anyone out and to invite everyone in to a love That, as presiding bishop Michael Curry said, a love that transforms the old world into something new. A love that refuses to be controlled, contained by concepts, ideas that are simply an expression of fear before mystery, of fear before the other. A love that goes beyond all capacity. A love that invites us to explore who we can become as we love in Christ, a world in need of love. Vision of the good life, of mercy, grace, and peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.